couple years down the road, you are headlining a club, right? You get a weekend headlining a club. Uh, it's their final weekend that they're in business. That that tracks. They're they're shutting it down for good. Uh, the club is called uh, Bart's Laugh House. Okay, I was waiting for that noun. Yeah, it's Bart's Laugh House, uh, and you know it's uh, 150 seater. They do a show Thursday, two shows Friday. Two shows Saturday. That Thursday show doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. The late show Saturday where, doesn't always happen. Where is Bart's Laugh House? It is in uh, Knoxville, Iowa. Knoxville, Iowa. All yeah. right. That's right. The big kumquat. The big kumquat. So you, uh, you, you like get a flight. You know, you get a flight into like fucking the club, whatever, like. Des Moines or whatever, wherever it is you can go. You drive to Knoxville, Iowa. It's exactly what you think it is. Just fields on either side, as far as the eye can see. The radio is littered with, you know, sermons and uh, gospel music and sad country music. And it's just God's country. It's God's country is what you're saying. Yeah, it's God's country. Yeah, my kind of town. A place where the corn grows high. Yeah. So you drive in to a Bart's Laugh House, right? Sure. You check in the hotel. It's uh, like a America's Best Value Inn. They give you a metal key at the desk. You park in front of the door. You open up the room. It just has a smell. You know what I mean? A good one. Like just, like just been cleaned? I know. I wouldn't describe it as. I would just think it's just. A smell that lets you know that this place has been there for a long time. So like rich mahogany, you know, like a deep wooden oaky musk. A musk is the right word. Yeah. Okay. Like a poor man's mahogany. Uh, real poor man's mahogany is yeah. teakwood. Yeah. That's what you're saying. <laughs> On a good day. A bamboo fusion. <laughs> so you, uh, you put your bag down. You lay on the bed. It's hard as fuck. You know, but you think, hey, it's a paying weekend of work doing what I love. Thursday, Did the club choose around. the hotel or yeah, oh America's yeah, best. Oh, okay, yeah. just checking. Yeah, wherever they could get it, the absolute cheapest. Yeah, figured. You know, Bart's. Yeah, I mean, they're going out of business. You know. Yeah. Okay. Crimey River Bart's. So you uh, get to the hotel. You kind of hang out for a little while. You got a couple hours before the show. You go get something to eat. You uh, you go to a Godfather's Pizza Buffet. It's a local, you know. It's exactly what you think it is. It's a it's a pizza buffet in Iowa. Sure, the, the Aaron Brooks move. Oh yeah, classic. It's like four ninety nine. You know, you can get soda in the water cup. They're never gonna know. You go with your pizza buffet. You eat too much. You know, you always do. God damn. I always do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, these days, you know. Sure. I mean, well, yeah, things are so these days the things aren't going well for no, me. No, just life on the road. You feel like a like a like an animal sometimes, you know, because you're just like on your own. You can do whatever you want. It's just. Free. So I feel it's like an freedom. animal on the flight over there. Oh, was yeah. I like? Yeah, there's definitely oh, there's definitely like a there's definitely like an animal sense. 
you know. So on the plane, I was like, was I like pawing at stuff? Uh, no, not, not like that. You just like feel like this animalistic thing inside of you. You know, you're just you're okay. not like you're not like acting out as an animal would. Okay, that'd be ridiculous. So you wind up going to uh, you wind up going to the show right Thursday night. Like I said, seats about one fifty. You've got thirty five in there. Oh, good numbers for me. Good. I mean, it's good numbers for the club, honestly. So you, uh, oh, wow. I'm a real draw in Knoxville, Iowa. Yeah, I mean that it, it's the last time they're doing a show, so that might that might be it. But you know, I, it, you know, hey, they're here on your night. Cool. So you, uh, you kind of like wait outside. There's like a line of people that are checking in. People are like noticing the flyer and then looking back at you, and like you know, there's a bit of a buzz. There usually is. There's a there's a comedian around us, a professional entertainer. So you just kind of wait in line till uh, it filters down. The guy, uh, you walk inside. There's a guy behind the desk. He's probably in his mid fifties. He's got his hair pulled back into a ponytail. Time to time to glad hand. If I if I know me, it's time to schmooze with the local staff. He uh he stands there and he kind of like he looks at you. He uh, pulls a cigarette out from his pocket. And he lights it. He sits down on a stool and he goes, "You're not one of my customers. You're Mac Blake." And he kind of like welcomes you. He like puts his arms out. He goes, "Hey, we got one week left. I I'm glad it's you." He extends a hand. He goes, "I'm Bart." You shake his hand. Do I shake his hand? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know Bart. I looked him up on Facebook before I came. Yeah, Bart has uh, Bart's a great guy. He's got some questionable, you know, views on things. But you know, he's just a person from that part of the country. So questionable he, uh, views. Yeah, I mean, you know, he might. He's like a. I Republican, saw Bart's posts. I you know what yeah, I mean. Well, I liked all his posts. Well, you know, you know somebody, and then you we learn this. What, so, what's a questionable view Bart has? Uh, he believes that the Earth is flat. It is flat. Sorry, he, Chris Cuomo. He believes that it's held up by a uh, turtle, right? A giant yeah. celestial uh, being wearing a chef's hat. In the hat. form of a turtle wearing a chef's hat. Yeah. No, no I'm in lockstep like, like with Bart. He, he has this like theory that that Earth is flat and it's being held up by uh, a waiter. Oh, well, okay. I don't. That's against my. And he's like, he's like, that. I've he's like, I swear to God, I've seen it. And everybody just fucking laughs at him. Well, that's, I don't, you know, I don't want to question someone's beliefs, but he had to go to a general. sleep study because oh, about once a month, he just wakes up screaming, Garcon. He just like screams at an end of the night. And I, how do I know this? I mean, you know, you just, you hear from other comedians, you tell them you're going okay. to Bart's and it's like, I mean, the guy's a, a bit of a, he's a card. So everybody, everybody knows Bart. Okay, sure. And frankly, a lot of people are glad that that place is, is shutting down because he really gave a lot of people, you know, some of their first headlining weeks. He helped. He was always helpful to people trying to get a tape. He's a, he's a good guy. He was like ran a he ran a good club and he paid people fairly and put him up and people were sad to see him go. Why is it closing? As rents, his rents just going up too much, and it's just yeah, it just doesn't. Knoxville, make sense. Iowa, yeah, that, that, that mean, place is going to skyrocket everywhere. You know what I mean? And if you sit down for twenty minutes, he'll tell you about it. He's a okay, opinionated guy. So he like he like shows you around the club, and honestly, it's like kind of nice. You know, it's uh, intimate, low ceilings, 
they see people towards the front of the stage and then back. Uh, they've got, you know, looks like two different waitresses running around. Uh, he takes you to the, the green room. Once again, pretty nice. A couple couches, big flat screen TV. Wow. Just it like a... The, sounds nice. It makes it seem like the Vel, makes Velveeta room seem like a real piece of shit. Well, I mean, it is, you know. So it's no Bart's Laugh House. So, uh... Yeah, you're like looking. They're like people have like signed the wall who have been there, and it's like people oh, like you who? know, like who? Uh, Dave Ross signed it. Oh, Dave Ross. Dave Ross. Uh, Vanessa Gonzalez was just there. Okay, so uh, it's like a B room, is what you're saying. A couple friends of the pod. <laughs> so. But you're like you like you like see like people who you know, and you're like okay, this this feel like people who you like respect, and uh, you feel okay. Like who do I respect? Because I haven't heard any of those people's names. I mean, I don't want to put names in your mouth. I don't want to. I don't want to disparage anybody. I don't want to burn any bridges. I'll leave that to you. Point being, did Jeff Dunham ever play it? No. Oof. Well, there you go. I mean, he was. In the, I mean, he was always like once he hit it big. There was no way. Okay. So you're like, okay, this might not be too bad. 35 people out there. Everybody's seated up front. You know, Bart tells us that it's a good room. And like, he's like, yep, just gonna, it's a shitty situation. So, uh, showtime comes, the MC goes up, does fine. You know, nails the announcements. Uh, the, the middle feature act goes up, does like 20 minutes and like the crowds, like you feel like pretty good, you know? They're enjoying themselves. So far, is it is it all dudes? Huh? The, my feature and my opener is just both dudes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Great. Yeah, it's a comedy club in the Midwest, like this, like this kind of a place, you know. So, uh, <coughs> the host, you know, you're kind of like, oh man, this is gonna be, this is gonna be fun. Here we go. The host uh, goes on after the feature. Gets like the last announcement out of the way. Ladies and gentlemen, Mac Blake. And uh, you look up in the sound booth, Bart, <laughs> he like hits a, he like pushes up a slider and you just hear the opening from Thunderstruck start playing. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> right? And Is it like, cause I'm from, I'm from Texas. Is that why? No, he just, that's just how he brings up every, every headliner. He okay. plays like the opening from Thunderstruck and you feel, you feel it. You're like, fuck, man. Like it, honestly, it works. It pumps you up. Uh, it adds a little, little pep in your step, a little juice in your caboose. So I go straight. I go straight to, for that stool. Is what you're saying? You go right for the stool. You yeah. put your CD down on it, and you just uh-huh. turn to the crowd. You start. You start clapping. You know what I mean? Like a little league ball coach. You're you're yelling. You're not talking into the mic. Everybody, it's just like it's just like electric, and uh, everybody's man ready to see Mac Blake. I've never been. I didn't play little league, but I have heard of how electric their atmospheres are. For the, I mean, the game. I was talking about the, the little league coach. Like he's, you're just like leaned in, giving it all you got with this clap. Sure. You have one of the best shows you've ever had. The crowd was fantastic. You were on fire. So I, I was doing all my hits, right? Not even. You were just like you've been working on some new stuff. You felt a couple oh, things okay. kind of click into place. You you did some riffing. You had like a really fun audience thing. Like it was it was great. You did an hour, right? 
Sure. And uh, normally it's like, you know, 45 at that at a club like that. But, you know, okay, you're having so such I'm a good a, time. I'm in a low period in my career is what you're saying? No. I'm just, saying, okay. I'm just saying, like, you are having such a good time that you felt the need to continue. Okay. So no, I don't really consider an hour that long. No, but it's like more than what people usually do in like a club, you know? Do they? Yeah. Okay. So you're, uh, you come off the stage, right? Some guy stands up, gives you a standing ovation. Thank you. You go back. They've got a little merch area. The host has, uh, your bag kind of on the stool. You got when you say my bag, do you mean the bag that I own or the bag that I'm selling? Like uh, the bag that you, you own, the bag that you okay. carry your, your merch. I didn't in. bring my bag of Mac Blake bags with me on this trip. I mean, that's what's in the bag. You have some CDs okay. and you have a Mac Blake tote. Yeah. Okay, great. The uh, Mac Blake tote sells for $15. No. And uh, honestly, uh, you had about 25 of them left and you only had like four after Thursday, right? You sold like a lot of merch, right? A lot of CDs, a lot of pictures being taken. People had a great fucking time. After everybody kind of clears out, you're sitting there. Bart comes out from the back, smoking a cigarette. He goes, man, I've seen a lot of comedy in my day. He goes, but you put on a hell of a show. And he shakes your hand again. And, uh, you know, like you've this guy is like known enough. That you're like, man, this guy's been in business for like 30 years, you know, and you see the headshots of like younger comics on the wall. Like there's a young Bill Burr, you know, there's a young Louis C.K. Oh, from the from the Mandalorian. Yeah, the Mandalorian. Yeah. He did stand up. Was that like, I mean, I remember he, he was on Breaking Bad for a while. Yeah. Yeah. He's been in a couple things, but he also uh, was a pretty well-known stand up comedian. And he okay, did, well, he did an early weekend at Bart's Laugh House. So, you, you, you know, you, you kind of get the idea that, like, he's been around for a while. You Bill know Burr? That, like, I mean, I guess. I mean, if he's, no, he's done my all those apologies. shows. Uh, Bart. Oh, sorry. My bad. Sorry, Bart. Okay. Yeah. So, you, you get the idea that, like, his sort of signing off, like, means something. At least to you. It's like a high compliment. Am I, am I getting any suicide vibes from Bart right now? Because it seems like. All. Okay. He, he, he's like made peace. He's going to go out. He's going to have a fun weekend. He's got, a, he's got a glass in his hand. A little whiskey inside of it. He asks if you want a drink. Would you have a drink with him? Uh, Yeah. He goes, okay, come on back. So you go back into his office. Uh, he goes, what do you, he goes, what do you have? What do you want? Uh, Just like a, you know, like a Dublin Dr. Pepper is fine. He uh he yells to the the bartender. He goes, "Todd, give me a Dr Pepper." Well, is it does it have real sugar in it? And he goes, "I don't know. It comes in a bag." All right. Well, then does he have like a Topo Chico with lime? I'll take that. He goes, "Uh, we don't have Topo Chico." Oh, he goes, fine. "I got, he goes, um, I got seltzer on tap. If you want, you want like soda water. and lime? I'll take a black cherry Waterloo." He's uh. Oh, look, I got Coke products. I got beers. I got hard. Do you got that drink, pink drink that I think um, it's like a natural root soda? He goes, I got, is that Coke? I got Coke products. Is that a Coke product? Nothing for me to drink. I'm, I'm good. He, uh, he goes, Todd, I still want that Dr. Pepper. Bartender walks in, puts Dr. Pepper down on the table, leaves. 
Bart goes, yep, he goes, we got a good weekend ahead of us. He goes, we got about uh, 100 on the books for early tomorrow, about 50 on the late show, and about the same for Saturday. He goes, you know, I wish these people would have come out years ago, and he kind of laughs. His eyes do kind of look a little sad. Over the next hour, he basically like tells you kind of his whole history of how he got into like managing a comedy club and like all the all the you know these people he's worked with, and he shows you like a a photo album, and it's him with everybody, you know, like who Brian, Brian Regan, okay, uh, Jay Leno, your favorite oh, wow. comedian, yeah, he's, he's the best. It's uh, there's a picture of him and Jay Leno in a car. Bart's driving. It's clearly Jay Leno's car, you know. His, po- his ponytail just blowing in the fucking wind. Jay doesn't do that for everyone. No, he doesn't. So it's you know you have like a you have like a fun, nice conversation with this guy that you really didn't expect to have anything in common with. What time you, is it at this point? Uh, probably by now. Gosh, it's pushing midnight. Ooh, I'm getting probably pretty tired. You, you're getting pretty tired, and uh, you look over, and and he go, he's like. You like comic books, right? Because you, you talk about it on stage. Yeah, quite a bit. It's my whole act. He goes, "You want some?" And he motions over to like the the floor, and there's a couple oh, like long. Go. There's like three long boxes. In yeah, there. every show this happens. He goes, "These are my sons. I told him to get them the fuck out of here before we close up, or I was giving them away." He goes, "This is it. He hasn't come. I don't know when he's going to be here." He goes, "I want to get rid of them. If you want them, take them. Otherwise, they're going in the garbage." So you're kind of like okay, that's that's like a that's like a cool thing. No, I'm, I do think that. Yeah, I mean it's like three long boxes full of comic books. Yeah, but I get this after every show. People try to dump their comics on me. Well, then it's old hat, and you're used to it. Okay, so I'm I'm taking these right to the dumpster though, politely. So that's what you do. You pick up the boxes. Yeah, maybe I'll peruse through them on the way to the, the dumpster though. So there's a. Uh, there's a couple like like I said, three long boxes. The first box is a bunch of stuff from like the nineties. Uh you know, you can tell and you look through it and it's just like just nothing nothing uh nothing unique or you know, nothing special. <coughs> mm-hmm. Do you throw the box in the trash? Yeah. So you throw the box in the trash. Pick up the next one. Uh it's some stuff from like the eighties. Okay, like what? Um, there's some like. Is there that, uh, that that like run of comics where uh, uh, Spider-Man uh, thinks he's Jewish? No, I'm not familiar. I'm not like a big comic book guy, but you recognize a couple like variant covers, you know, and okay. just, uh, you find you find some stuff in there. You're like, oh, this is something I've wanted or, or needed or felt like I should read. You like pick that like, one where Spider-Man converts to Islam. Maybe I don't know if that's your okay. flavor or not. That's a good run in the '80s. So you uh you throw the rest of them in the fucking trash. You get to the you get to the last box, and you're kind of flipping through, and it's like clearly like in going from newer to older, and you find like some really old stuff from the sixties. Oh, okay, and like stuff that's like in protective sleeves, and like there's a couple of them that are in like a hard case, you know. And you're looking through, and it's it's definitely stuff that you recognize, like you see yeah. Jack Kirby stuff. Sure. And you're flipping through and you find 1963, The Amazing Spider-Man, number one. And it is 
pristine. It's in a it's in a hard plastic case. There's no grade on it or anything. You see, there's like a little sticker. It says uh, $575. But it looks okay. like a really old sticker, you know? Oh, man, I know old stickers. It's peeling off. The glue. I peel it off? No, the, I'm just saying the sticker's like falling. It's like peeling off, oh, you know? Okay. It's barely hanging on. Yeah, sounds like that sticker's got a rough man. So you're, uh, you like gather up the stuff that you want. You take it home, right? Sure. So you start looking shit up online, and the Spider-Man comic that you you pick up is worth over a million dollars. It's cool. sold for over a million dollars, and you uh, you about like lose it in the hotel room, you know, because you've got. You've got like I lose the comic in the hotel room. No, so you lose it, like you. you it's like, like uh, goes behind the headboard. No, you you maintain possession of the comic. But oh, you, okay. ha- you have like a small moment where you kind of freak out. Oh, okay. And because uh, you, know, you know, it's like a, it's like a holy. This is like a life changing event, and it's just it's something that's in your wheelhouse that you think is you know pretty cool. Wait, I'm. You thinking I'm keeping this? Well, for a time, you'd have to you'd have to hold it for some point. Until you well, decided I mean, whatever you wanted to do with it. I got to give this back to the Bart. That's what you do? Uh, yeah. So you uh, you text Bart. You're like, hey. Bart's uh, a text guy? He's a texter? Well, it's like midnight. You know what I mean? You definitely don't okay. feel comfortable calling him. You text him. You say, hey, uh, thanks again for these comic books. I think some of them are valuable. Oh, I, so I said, I think I'm being a little bit dishonest here. Well, you know, you don't want to exaggerate, you know. Okay. Have I, did I, did I sneak a few back at the hotel room? You know, I want to make sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, here link. we go. A little bit of road dog action. So you don't, you don't get a response, right? Mm-hmm. You go in the next night for the show. You've got the book of comics sort of in tow. You go to check in. You see Todd. He's checking people in, right? Classic Todd. And you say, hey, where's Bart? And he's like, oh, he's not here tonight. He's he's not coming in tonight. He goes. Doesn't seem like Bart. He says, I'm running the show tonight. And he kind of like sticks his chest out. Oh, big dogging me. Would you say that to him? Yeah. He kind of like. like Todd and I have an easy rapport. So I'm like, oh, big dogging me. Okay. He kind of like laughs at you, but he doesn't like he leaves his chest puffed out for you to see. He's trying to express right. his dominance. He doesn't right. have very many opportunities to do so. I'm pretty beta, so I, I take it. So you take it. You do the shows, both shows on Friday. Yeah. They're right. even they're even better, right? Oh, man, Just two more great shows. The first show ended up selling out. The second show had 80 people. Once again, you sell out of all your merch, right? You you're like directing people to, you know, download it online or whatever. Uh just like a great couple of shows. You put a note, you put it on Bart's desk. You say, Hey, I didn't know if you saw my text. You need to look at these comic books. So you take the box with you. Cause you don't, you know, you don't know. You take the box with you. You go back to your hotel, wake up the next morning. You go to the continental breakfast. Scramble you said that eggs. like real sexy style. Why am I, 
Is there like a catch with this continental breakfast? No. Is one of those like titty breakfasts no or something? I mean, there's some cleavage working behind the counter, you know? Okay. But, uh. And I'm like a, I'm like a real creepy guy. No, you're not like a real creepy guy, but I'm just, okay. just you brought up titties. I, I didn't do that <laughs> You're the all. one who said continental breakfast. <laughs> yeah, because you can, you know, you can have, you know, food can be sexy sometimes. And you sit down. To this right, I'm learning breakfast. a lot in Knoxville, Iowa. You feel like that. Scrambled eggs, bacon, biscuits. Yeah. And oh, 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 we're really going off menu here. What <laughs> continent are you from, buddy? You know what I mean? U.S. of fucking A. Okay, that's no need to swear. So you eat your continental breakfast. You're feeling good about things. Pretty horned up. Pretty horned up. You go back to the room, take care of that problem. Call my call my wife and baby. I mean, maybe I don't know if you did that after or before, but I'm trying. You pleasure yourself in the hotel room. Oh my god! You, Why uh, would I do that in a? In America's best value win, do I have no respect for our country and the, the the people that fought and died to bring me that best value? You know, you joke about that, but that's exactly the conversation the housekeepers have as soon as you're gone. They walk in there and they go, whoa, this guy did not have any respect for this space. Wait, they what did I do to this space? You just jacked off in it. You know, they knew. It's that visible? Oh, baby. Yeah. I re- am, am I going at it like animal style? Like I said, you have this, uh, something comes over you. You feel like oh, a renewed okay. man. There's a fire inside wow. of you. It's been ignited. Okay. You try to put it out, and it just can't be extinguished. So you kind of hang around, right? You watch some TV. Maybe you do a little writing, right? <laughs> what am I writing? <laughs> you know, you're you're working on jokes. You're feeling inspired. <laughs> right? I don't jokes. do this. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not now, but a couple new years. New jokes. From now, <laughs> you're working on new jokes. <laughs> You uh you look up. It's time to go to the club. Okay. You drive uh. You oh, drive the am I tired from all that writing? No, from all that. Okay, good. Pleasuring yourself yeah. violently oh, in a hotel I, room. I did do it, quite a bit of that. Sure. So you uh you go to the hotel or you leave the hotel. You get in the rental car and you're going to the club. You got the box of comics there with you. You pull up and you're like, oh, what? Oh, the? oh 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 yeah. What uh, what kind of rental car am I driving? Uh, it is a Kia Forte. Okay, so I got to choose, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So you uh, you pull up. You're like, what the fuck? You see like a pillar of smoke. You pull into the parking lot, and there's a fire truck there. And Bart's Laugh House has been burned to the fucking ground. Damn. You get out of your car, and you go, what the fuck? And you Did see, I do that? No. Okay. You see, uh, you see Todd and the wait staff just standing there. And they're all mm-hmm. like have their hands on their head and they're like, what the fuck? What, what's going on? You walk up and, you know, you see Todd and you're like, hey, what the, what the hell's happening here? And Todd's like, I don't know. He goes, I don't know, Bart. Like, we can't get a hold of him. We don't know where he is. And he's like, we obviously can't have a show. And he kind of looks at you like, right? And you're like, yeah, we can't have a fucking show, Todd. That's me. I look for any excuse to quit. So he goes, well, this one's a good one. He goes, Bart gave me your check the other day. He was I guess like there's no sense in changing it now. Yep, yoink. So you take the check, right? You get back in the car, drive back to the hotel, just kind of like, what the fuck happened here? You get back to the hotel and you see that box of comic books sitting on on your seat. You take them back to Austin with you. You try oh, to. Re- but I, I got a blast on social to all my fans. Say hey, show's canceled, don't show up tonight, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. It doesn't 
reach anybody who was going to see it. So you go everything, you take everything back to Austin, right? You try to reach Bart for like a solid month. Nobody can get a hold of him. Nobody knows where he is. You can't like you're just sitting on this stuff, and it's honestly like you're like I I have to do something with this. I'm like scouring the Knoxville, Iowa Times Picayune. No obituary for this guy, right? No, no obituary. News about him. No news okay. about him. Does the Knoxville, Iowa community consider him a missing person? No, they don't really. There's never like a story written about him. You know, you don't even know if he like lived there. He just ran a business there. Oh, so that's a weird town. Yeah. So you sit on these comics for like six months. And finally, you're like, fuck, I have to do something with them. Start a foundation. You put a you you talk to somebody to help you like get them into auction. Sotheby himself. Is that what you do? So you talk to uh, you talk to somebody to get him into Sotheby's auction. Emmanuel Sotheby. I talked to him. You call up Emmanuel Sotheby of Sotheby, yeah. you know, myth, lore. A lot of stories about the Sotheby's out there. And you say, hey, I've got this mint condition. Amazing Spider-Man volume one. He uh, asked to see it. You know, he asked to see like proof of possession. Uh, he's like, this is this could be a very, you know, a huge comic book sale. This thing's a million dollars. He goes, yeah, we're interested in, in doing this. He says, I'll see you. Right. So he comes to Austin. He wants to look at it. He wants to have it graded. He brings somebody with him from Sotheby's who knows what they're talking about. And this thing is like as perfect as it can get without being like absolute fresh off the fucking hot off the press. So you, uh, this guy's like, yeah, this, this thing is immaculate. This is, this might be the best copy of this in the entire world. Mm -hmm. And he looks at you and he goes, I know people who would pay top dollar for this right now. And he goes, we'll be in touch. So Emmanuel Sotheby leaves the, uh, the comic book grader leaves with him too. You're sitting at home the next day. There's a knock on your door. We don't want to like get dinner or something. I mean, you know, he traveled. He's got other shit to do. Okay. Wow. All right. You get a knock on your door the next day. Okay. What do you do? There's a knock on my home door. Yeah. On your home door. I like look out. I peek through these blinds because I'm not really, I have a no soliciting sign. Well, I'm like, "Uh, you peek through the blinds and there's a man standing on your front porch and he's got each one of his arms around one of the most, I mean, two of the most beautiful women you've ever seen in your whole fucking life in any medium whatsoever. He's got one arm around each one of them. Why is he in my house? I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to turn off. I'm going to be real quiet. Pretend I'm not home. He's like a silver Fox, you know? Okay. You're not sweetening the deal. I'm not, I'm going to pretend I'm not. He knocks again. Yeah. Let him knock, knock his fucking brains out. I'm not opening the door. They see the, uh, they see the blinds flutter and you hear, you hear him say, Mac, I know you're home. He's like, I was sent here by Emmanuel. I want to talk about the comic book. And I say, talk about it with Emmanuel. Get off my property. He goes, Mac, I'm ready to make a deal right now. I'm and ready it, to make a deal too. So you uh, you make a gun noise with your I don't hand. I make a gun noise. I'm a big two-way warrior. So I got uh, I got a whole arsenal in here. You see him, you see him kind of laugh at you and he's like, Who's laughing at me? Makes yeah. me feel small. Well, I mean, you're being awfully rude to him. He's a man they're trying to cut a deal with you. So you, uh, he leaves your, he leaves your fucking 
porch. He walks out to a car, two babes on his arm. They get into the back seat of like a limousine. Peel away. License plate says JJJ. You get okay. a you get a phone call about ten minutes later. It's Emmanuel Sotheby. Yeah, Manu. And he goes, Mac, I what are you doing? I sent I sent that guy over there. He's ready to buy your comic book right now. And I say, you should have given me a heads up, dude. Very unlike you. What's going on, Emmanuel he goes, Sotheby? He's like, this guy is prepared to pay well above market rate for this comic. That didn't warrant a text message? What's happening here, Emmanuel he's Sotheby? He's like, we have to be covert with some of our premium clients. He goes, I hope you can understand my discretion. He goes, look. Okay. If he you wasn't very discreet, and a text message would have been appreciated. He's like, that's neither friend. here nor there. He goes, if you want to oh, sell this comic. Interesting he, that Emmanuel can decide what's important in our friendship all of a sudden. He goes, I had to do it. And I had to act fast. He goes, offers like this don't come around very often. He goes, this oh, guy's man. willing to buy this comic book for $2 million. I got to maintain the moral high ground. And I think my business is done here, Emmanuel Sotheby. So he goes, you know what? I tried to help as best I could. If you owe me just to put it in the auction, I'll just put it in the fucking auction. I say, no, you've betrayed a trust here, and no amount of money can um, repair that trust. I'm going to have to go to uh, a different auction house. He goes, there's no auction house as safe as Sotheby's. Uh, eBay, idiot? <laughs> okay. He hangs up on you. <laughs> Good. So Block what, the number. So how do you get rid of the... So you, do you like contact a different auctioneer? How would yeah. you get rid of it? Okay, so I type in ebay.com mm-hmm. and then I, I put it on there. So you put it on there and it's like exceedingly rare. You know what I mean? So people are just yeah. like bombarding you with offers, right? Sure. Uh, I got a high reserve though. It's not my first time using eBay. But. Yeah. And uh, so you get, you get contacted by an auctioneer. Uh, he says, uh, he sends you an email. He goes, hello, Mr. Blake. He goes, my name is. Ooh, uh, I appreciate that respect. He says, my name is Sandy. Fulton, and hmm. I work for. Is there that tone of um, like he was making it up off the top of his head? Does that read in the email? No, not at all. It reads like okay, a regular cool. email. It oh, says, okay, cool. My name is Sandy Fulton, and I I work with Fulton Auctions. Whoa, it's Fulton a, Auctions! They're family well auction. Because we're we're a private uh, we're a private auction house. We deal with exclusive oh. high end clientele. And, you don't got to uh, tell me about Fulton Auction House. I mean, that's a that's a an auction house of legend. So they, they say, like, we want to help you make the most money you can with this. So they're going to oh take a goodness. 10% commission, but uh, you won't have to deal mm-hmm. with eBay. You know what I mean? You're going to have to send it there. You're going to have to hire, like, a tr- some sort of a truck, you know? Uh, yeah, mailing stuff is a little weird during quarantine, so I appreciate that. So you end up, you wind up going with Fulton Auctions, right? They, uh, they set uh, a date for your auction, and it's in New York City. Oh, the Big Apple. They fly you out there so you can be there when you become a fucking millionaire. You go to the... Yeah, uh, but I'm, I'm going to give the money to a foundation, though. Yeah, but for, I mean, they have to give it to you so you'll be a millionaire at some point. Nah, I don't want to know because I don't have to pay taxes on it. Okay. Straight to the, the foundation. Sure thing. So you, uh, you're kind of standing there. They, uh, they have you tell the story about the, about the comic book, right? And just okay. kind of how it happened. And you see there's like two dozen... 
not a great story. Do I like? I can't just like be like, eh, don't worry about it. <laughs> no, they want to know the background of it, so they okay. They'll pay more for it. So there's like two dozen people there, right. and they're uh, you know the the bidding starts and it keep it, it gets to like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars like very quickly, and it yeah, keeps going, fuck you money and going yeah. and going, and you're like one point five million dollars, and there's two guys that are going back and forth, right? Just furious back and forth. They Is stand up. Cage? What's that? One of them, Nick Cage? No. Uh, his name is Nick Free. Okay. And uh, so you kind of, they're like standing up, like going with the paddles back and forth at each other. And they're just kind of like, like the money keeps going and going. It's $2.1 million. Nick Free, he uh, sort of slumps down in his chair. The other guy stops bidding. And everybody just bursts like a, like a huge round of applause. Two point one million dollars. Everybody sort of leaves the room. They get to the door where they're all going to walk out of, and then the door gets kicked in. And there's like smoke on the other side of the door, like Whoa, somebody like somebody is like trying to get to that room on purpose, you know? Sounds cool. So through the smoke, walks Bart. Oh, he's alive. He's like wearing he's wearing camo pants, a camo vest. Oh, oh, awesome. No shirt. Whoa, how's that look? He's got, a, he got a good he's got it's a horrible body. He's got a lit cigar okay. in his mouth, smoked almost down to the end. And he looks at you with tears in his eyes and he says, Two point one million dollars? He goes, We could have saved Bart's laugh house. And then he pulls out a shotgun and blows you away. <laughs> He, he blows your he blows a hole right through the middle of you uh the blood gets all over the comic book and devalues it immediately oh that's crazy because does the flyer i was holding on to <laughs> the details of foundation huh when i died does it fly out of my hand no you you hadn't set up the foundation yet oh so that was so like your does thing. he look at the flyer at all and realize that it was the foundation to find him there's no flyer you don't have a flyer what where yeah. did i you didn't well, but I brought a flyer there. No, absolutely not. You were there. They uh, they write you a $2.1 million check. Uh, you're but holding, I wanted it for the foundation. You're holding it in your hand, and it just gets like you're holding it like right above your stomach, and that fucking shotgun shell just tears through you. There's a hole just right through you, your blood all over, just a priceless Spider-Man comic. And uh, as you die, you hear Mick Free. <laughs> you hear him go, oh, I better be able to get my check back. And then you fucking die. You die right there on the floor. You betrayed Bart. <laughs> I was going to help Bart with the money. Yeah, but you didn't. But I do well, because I died. <laughs> exactly. Wow. That was a rough, that was a rough go. McFree. <laughs> what an exciting time to be alive. <laughs> 